Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Flavor World Records Podcast. I have no idea what episode number this is, so we're going to jump right in. I'm here with White Line Darko, but not the whole band. We just recorded the live set, and a few of them had to head out, early bedtimes, that sort of deal. I'm here, though, with Kenny. Hey. In White Line Darko. Um, just recorded the live set. Ton of fun. You think it went well? Yeah, no, I feel really good about it. I love it. Me too. Brett as well. Um, speaking of Brett, he might hop in this podcast in a little bit here. Um, I think you'll hear his sweet voice when he does. Cool. So, Kenny, could you give a little intro on who White Line Darko is, who you are, other other guys in the band that aren't here for the podcast? Yeah, totally. Um, White Line Darko is a psychedelic rock band that formed back in 2018. Um, originally, it was just me uh, because I had been in a bunch of bands before that and I'd found like a common problem in that nobody I played with seemed like that serious about it. Mm-hmm. So I just got to this point of like, all right, I'm just going to do everything myself. Like... Make it happen. Yeah. I just wanted to, like, make it. Yeah, exactly. So it started with just me, like, chopping it up on my laptop, recording in, like, closets and stuff, like, real, real humble beginnings. Uh, And then I got an album done. Um, So did you record that with other guys, other people on instruments, or were you every instrument? That that first album is Everything Is Me. Oh, really? Yeah. I... The drums are programmed because that was the only instrument I didn't know how to play at the time. Mm. And I was at college, so I didn't really have a good... I could do, like, everything else in my closet or whatever, like, in my dorm, but obviously there's no, like, good drum set up when you're living in dorms, you know? Mm. It's like, shut up! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so everything else, like, I played. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, for me, just because up until that point, I'd only really played guitar for bands. Mm-hmm. I played keyboard for, for a band, but, uh, that project, that first album just like gave me an opportunity to, I don't know, try everything out, play bass, play the keys, play guitar. Mm-hmm. And just like, I don't, I was serious about it, but also I was just trying to create something that I would be proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I think for what it is, I'm happy about it, you yeah. know? It's an interesting, like, setup, or just the way creativity as a group works is, like, I, I mean, you definitely had total creative freedom and exactly. control in those early days. Right. But you also missed out on the talent of other individual musicians mastering right. their part and their instrument. Right. So it's an interesting way to start that's that's cool though i I feel like most bands origin stories isn't that at least from what i've been hearing so far right and and what i've always said too is like like i started it myself just to get it going but like my goal has always been to like use that music like that first project or whatever to try and attract other people who are into the like that sound and we're also like serious enough about it so i like came i did that first album and it dropped and then I was like, okay, I need a band now if I'm going to play these live because I didn't want to go up with the one man, like, hit play. There's, like, some drums. And I'm, yeah. Like, I wanted a band because, like, for me, like, nothing is cooler than a band that's locked in, you know, when you have 
multiple people, sorry, <laughs> multiple people, uh, like inputting their creativity into one thing. Like yeah. you said, like I missed out on that on the first album. Yeah. And it's something else. And that's one thing I've been really fascinated with, with music as a creative form is like, I mean, like painting's fun. And I, I think I was saying this to Brett before, but like, I mean, painting's awesome, but it's not like a group thing really. Like mm. you can all paint the same picture and that's like a similar energy where it's like, you're all kind of working with each other and going right. off each other's ideas. And it's all just this collective creative thing that's something else a higher power but with music especially you reach that because i think honestly a lot of it is the the tempo and the rhythm right like there isn't if you're painting on a picture you could walk away from it for 10 minutes and while the other person keeps going (laughs) but music it's like we're all locked in we're all doing this right here right now right total focus on the art the yeah. energy is infectious. Ooh, mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about Brett's beautiful voice. That's, That's how you get That's how you get Yeah, no, I mean, um, as soon as I could get a band together like I was going to, I just wanted to have that starting point, you know, and so the, that album dropped, and then I started to get the experience like you're talking about where I, I found people, some at college, some outside, Mm-hmm. You know, we started getting together and like playing the songs that I had made, and uh, yeah, with with music, I think it's it is a special art form because, like, to compare it to painting, I like you know I like the comparison. Like when you, I, I mean, I don't paint, so I, I'm just kind of speaking out of my butt. But I, uh, I would imagine it's a little different because when you're painting, you have all your tools right there, mm-hmm. right? Like you have different brushes, different colors. And you have all that control, but when you're playing in a band, it's like here's the guitar, but he's got the keyboard, you know, and then mm-hmm. that person's got the bass. So it's like we all have the tools to create the one painting together, mm-hmm. or whatever, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. So the band started out with just learning the songs that I had made, so we could play them live. But even past that, like my goal was to eventually get to a point where I was writing with the band yeah it it took a while but so day one when you started making that first album was your intention entirely to bring it into a full band or were you just like i'm gonna start making music it was both it it was definitely like the biggest thing was i just want to make music Mm -hmm. like there's for me there's nothing else that brings the same level of like satisfaction and adrenaline pump and just like so many emotions that uh I I get addicted to, you know, that I don't find in anything else. Mm-hmm. Or I haven't yet, you know. Yeah. I think I know exactly what you're saying. Like I'll make beats at times and like go listen to them in the car and it's a, such a visceral experience mm-hmm. like listening to music. Right. At least like for me person I'm sure for a lot of other people too, but like because I've tried painting and like everyone has their passion and everything but like there's something about chords and notes and rhythm that like it either makes you want to move or makes you feel such a specific emotion and i don't know it's it's a very visceral thing for me Mm -hmm. right and it's like super nuanced too like yeah you just have a slightly different tone you know Mm -hmm. you can play the same riff you know 20 different ways Mm -hmm. you know or whatever it's just it seems like there's infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. But I I also think that applies to like every art form, honestly. Yeah. And the personality in yeah. any piece of art, whether it's a painting or a, a song, like mm-hmm. 
you you get to witness or see or hear a piece of that person's perspective on life or a day or exactly like it, it all is. it happens differently but i feel like i will get the same feeling sometimes from looking at a painting or like reading a book mm-hmm. or a, you know a poem or whatever that i get when i listen to a song you know but for me it's just like i've i found music to be like the mode of uh mm-hmm. expression that i'm best suited for i think mm-hmm. yeah well, I heard something interesting once about it was some like I think it was some like Zen master was talking about music and he was just kind of praising it because saying like music is like one of the only things we do that you don't do it for the end. You do it for like the process. Like t- you play music. Yeah. You don't like you know you can paint a picture but then when you're done you hang it up on the wall and like that's like kind of what you want is like this end thing mm-hmm. but if you're just like playing live music it's like you're only doing it you know it's it, you're very present is what i'm saying it's very right. like we're doing this now this is what we're here for is to do it right now right you know you can record it and make an album but there's no way to do that with like a painting unless you like burn it at the end, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> music's just very like, if you're not recording it, you're just jamming. Yeah. It's like, we're here now playing it. It's a very in the moment thing. Right. Like you're like to, to expand on jamming or whatever, like that is something that I, I'm very fond of with like, um, with our practices right now as a band, like we'll, we'll run songs, you know, we'll, work on parts and stuff but like a a big thing for us is just the in-between moments where it's like we're not trying to do anything specific we're not Mm -hmm. trying to like get the song we're just like playing a chord progression or something and trying to channel whatever we're all feeling Mm -hmm. at that time and like Mm -hmm. i i just think that's like really special you know because it's like you you have to be there to hear it you know unless you're recording it to listen back later but you also have to be there to play it, and that took me like a long time to figure out because mm-hmm. I'm super like scatterbrained mm-hmm. most of the time. Like my brain is always just thinking about different things, mm-hmm. you know. But I found that like you can't be anywhere but in the moment when you're playing music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think that's such a powerful thing today too. Like everyone's so in their phone and on right. living oh, on yeah. the internet. No one's like mm-hmm. living in their like in that moment. Like just being present and looking around and being like with the people you're with and like everyone's right. always pulling out their phone. Yeah, it's like, like thinking like, oh, I gotta text that person or yeah, like, you know, like, snap that person. Like mm-hmm. like we were saying before, like if you're if you're jamming with a band, like you can't just step away because you're gonna kill the vibe you're gonna kill the energy you're gonna lose that peace whatever it was even if you even if your mind wanders away like you don't physically have to leave Mm -hmm. but as soon as i like think about you know did i leave the fridge open or whatever like dumb yeah it's like oh then i'll like miss a note and i'll send like Mm -hmm. that affects everyone else it's like a ripple yeah yeah so if you're not all present and all locked in you know it's typically not gonna be like the best it could be i think Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and then I totally agree. I've been trying to think on my own time. Just, I, I really do feel like music is like something else as far as creative mediums. And I can't really get exactly to the bottom of it yet, but like, it's very immersive, you know? Right. It's a total experience. And one thing I've noticed, like, maybe this is just because of narrow perspectives, but I, I feel like 
just for example, I feel like people will cry because of music way more often than because of a painting or something. Yeah. You know, or like if you go to a museum, you know, I've been moved by visual art before, but with music, it's like, damn, like it'll like take me back. Like it's just so much more of that. Yeah. And I I can't get to the bottom of what it is or why it may be, but. Yeah. I, I personally think that like music and the way it interacts with the listener has just so much to do with how it's like hitting your brain. Mm-hmm. Because when your music is like a, unless you have like a video or something to go along with it, it's like a, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. It's like the wind or whatever. You're only hearing it. You're seeing people playing it, but it's not like, it's not like a song is there. Like you can look at it. You can only pull it up and listen through or whatever. And like, um, Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Scatterbrain. Wait, is the fridge open? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is perfect though. Let's oh, let's segue back a little more focus oh, okay. on White Line Darko. Yeah. Um so you said you started in your dorm closet pretty yeah. much, just recording random crap. When did uh the other three guys, Juice, Matt, Ben, when did they kind of come into the picture? Juice, Matt, Ben. Sounds nice. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh so Matt has been with me the longest. Um I was taking a vocal class at the college I was going to, and uh, we had, there was like a day every semester where all the vocal students got together and they would sing one or two songs for all the other vocal students, whatever. So at the school I went to, it was very typical for everyone to sing like a worship song or that's like Christian music stuff, you know, everyone's up there just I mean they all have nice voices but um, I I personally just don't find that type of music entirely engaging just a little lack of independent thought yeah I don't I won't get too deep into that but (laughs) I will say I just showed up and played like what I wanted to play which was um, some indie rock that I was into at the time and um, one of the girls in the class came up to me afterwards like yo that was so cool. I didn't think anyone else at the school like knew that kind of music. You know, I played some Wilco, if anyone knows that, mm-hmm. and some Arctic Monkeys. Oh yeah. Um, but then she was like, "Yeah, uh, you should meet my boyfriend. Like, he's really into that kind of music." I was like, "Okay, sounds good." Like, I just met you. Now you want to meet like your boyfriend? Like, what? I don't know, okay, <laughs> it's all happening so fast. Yeah, but- <laughs> like, <laughs> but then so I'd, her boyfriend um, turned out to be Matt. And her, she, her name is Kara. Thank you, Kara, for the introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, because then I met Matt, and like right away, I was like, "Yep, me and this guy like resonate." You know, he was into similar artists. He carried himself in a way that I recognized. You know, like I saw some of myself in him, and so he uh, he joined in on bass, and then. He's sick on bass. Yeah, too. he's he's awesome, he's, man. I think and he's he's only improved. I mean, when he started to where he is now, it's only been two and a half, three ish years. Mm-hmm. But like, just from a playing with him standpoint, it's incredible. Like the progression that happens, and I think I'll delve into the other two in a second. But I just want to say, like, I think that just comes from getting to play together, you know, and like the amount of practices and shows that we've had. I feel like we've all got better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just cool to recognize. So I met Matt. Um, we got 
Nolan Leahy from Zippo Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all those that know the sun. The sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sun sailor sun. Sun. <laughs> <laughs> we got him on guitar and then uh, Drew Stamps from Zippo Man was on drums. That's he was right. our first drummer. Really? So it was like half Darko, half Zippo Man before the Zippo was the man. White line Zippo. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. Zippo was Zip, just a boy. Zippo line Darko. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zippo boy. Uh, so yeah, we were. that was like the original lineup. We jammed for a bit at our college. They had like a rehearsal space that just sounded so bad. <laughs> Shout out to Studio B. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, but we played there for a while and then um, Juice eventually moved down to the cities. He was living at Duluth or living in Duluth while I was at college. And uh, we ended up like getting a house together after I got done with college. So he wasn't in for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually played with him before though on a high school band. So I knew him from a while ago. I grew up in Duluth and like me and Juice have just been homies for a very long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of told him about the band and he played keys, you know, he, I mean, he, he can play anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. At the time he only played keys. Now he can play like saxophone, violin, yeah. like. Well, I remember that when I first pulled up to your house a couple of weeks ago and he just like had a harp yep. in the basement. Yeah, it's like, like, okay, I've never seen one of those in person. <laughs> yeah. You're playing it. Like, <laughs> impressive. Yeah. He's a wild man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went through some like lineup changes, like, um, went through a couple of drummers. Honestly, it was kind of funny. That's like the classic, like rock motif. It's just like drummers, but we eventually found Ben after like 10 months of being a band, I think. Mm. Um, so he's been around since like 2019 or well, we no, we pretty much had like a year before he showed up. Okay, got he it. He came in in 2019. Um, and my cousin, uh, Tusky, if you're listening, what's up, dog? Shouts out. Um, he knew I was looking for a drummer at the time because our, our drummer that we had before Ben, uh, we played like a, a battle of the bands, did terribly at it, like probably my least favorite gig we've ever played. And I haven't seen that drummer since. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I still have a snare drum, so. Oh, my God. I hope you're not listening because <laughs> I like that snare drum. But um, so we need a new drummer. My cousin like reached out and was like, "Yo, I know this guy from uh, like back in the day." My cousin also grew up in Duluth, but he went to a different high school than I did. And apparently, he knew this guy from high school who was now living in the cities. And so, okay. So I met this. I met Ben at Raising Canes. You no know, way. That was our first interaction. The meeting we, ground. Yeah. We just got some, we got some tendies and just chopped it up for a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, the rest is history. The rest <laughs> is history. It was, it was, uh, pretty evident just from like the first interaction though, that like, I don't know, something felt different about him. Cause we had had like three drummers up to that point and it hadn't even been a year as a band. So I was just like, this is ridiculous right now. Mm-hmm. But meeting Ben, I was like, okay, this guy has got like some different energy to him. Like, mm-hmm. And as soon as we played together, I was like, yo, it just, it, it was a magic moment that honestly, I'd, I'd always dreamed of happening, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I've played with like a lot of different people, a lot of different, you know, fellow musicians over the years, but like 
once Ben came into the picture, at this point it was me, Ben, Juice, and Matt. Um, was and Nolan, Nolan in? Yep. Okay, Nolan so it was, was a five-piece at this yep. time. It was a five-piece. And uh, it just kind of, like, clicked, you know? Like, he he came in and it's just he was hitting all the fills that I would want a drummer to hit. And, like, the energy he has when he's playing is just so awesome. Mm-hmm. Just feels like you're in front of a massive like orchestral i don't know he sounds like timpanies or something like yeah he's he's very uh, like authoritative oh yeah in like the best way like everything he does is just like he takes command but it's never like overbearing or indulgent yeah you know he he serves the music yeah but in a commanding way he's like and if you're listening and you don't like this i'm sorry but i've always pictured him or described him as like a combo of two of my favorite like drummers um, ever, which is Ringo Starr from the Beatles and John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. Classics. Right. Two of the most famous drummers <laughs> yeah, ever. Exactly. <laughs> right, so I heard him play. I was like, all right, yeah, we need that guy. Because yeah. uh, he like will play to the song. He'll play the part. And he'll like, I think he does like a little bit more than Ringo. So that's why I say John Bonham because like he plays like John Bonham. Mm-hmm. But he thinks like Ringo to to me. I could be yeah. off. I'm sorry, Ben, if you disagree, but yeah. that's just how it feels because I'll play like a riff and he'll just fit like a glove, like right into that riff, mm-hmm. but then he'll take it to the next level, you know, just mm-hmm. like beat the crap out of the drums doing it. Yeah, I, I, it's it's funny. I, I grew up playing the drums and like the number one thing I always could like see in a drummer right away if they were going to be like good or not yeah. is confidence. Yeah. If you're not a confident drummer, it's so easy to hear that in the really? playing. Like the timing is just there's little hiccups. You're like you're not getting good tones out of the drums because you're not hitting them hard. Sure. And like Ben has like the right confidence right. to like lead a song, but not like take, take it, it over. wrong direction or take it over. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, that's that's very good. He, ben is a very confident man. Yeah. You Def- need that. Definitely. You need that as a drummer. One hundred percent. Yeah. Lovely. So that's you're at a five piece. By summer of 2019, we're at a five piece now. And eventually, my understanding, Nolan falls out of the group and leads him to forming Zippo Man more formally. Correct. Um, so it, uh, close, but so 2019, we were playing shows, and in that time, like Nolan started talking about Zippo Man, and um, I want to say by the end of 2019, they were already a band. And like playing shows. Oh, so he was, so in, he was both in both bands? bands for a little while. Got it, okay. Which is pretty crazy. He was doing double duty at a lot of gigs we had. That's a lot of bands. Back to back gigs. Back to back, dude. Respect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we played as a five piece for like a year, year and a half. And then um, probably like two or three weeks before COVID hit, mm-hmm. we kind of had a talk and he, it just felt like he wanted to like focus on Zippo Man and like take a step back from white line darko that's when they were in like the heaviest part of the recording process yeah for sure yeah and uh i was kind of bummed at the time because i really love playing with nolan you know he just has such crazy artistry and execution lots of ideas lots of ideas yeah <laughs> he's an ideas man <laughs> but uh at the same time you know i could tell that he wanted to try other things and move on um so we we lost him and we were now four piece you know 
And that was March of 2020. Mm. And then like two weeks later, COVID hit and I was like, all right. Yeah. One thing on top of another. Yeah. Well, perfect. Speaking of COVID, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be a common thing. I feel like we say a lot of our lives just like, oh, on the topic of COVID, like we can all relate to that. Um, Anyways, you guys mentioned that this is kind of like one of the first gigs you did since then. And Mm -hmm. you guys were saying it's fun to like get out of your basements where you're always playing and like play in front of other people, even if it's just, you know, four or five of us here in the room, like it's nice to do. So, I mean, let's go back a little further. I'm wondering like how that time off felt like when March, 2020 came you know, I guess it might have been hard. You know, Nolan just left, and then like right, it was, it was uncertain. All the gigs kind of got canceled, and yeah, it's like that was. I mean, before it hit, you know, like we were really starting to heat up. It felt like like we had some decent looking gigs on the way, and like mm. I don't know, it felt good. And then yeah, like Nolan left, COVID hit, and I was like, okay, well, now what? You know? Yeah. Um, it's like how'd you spend the time? Uh, you know, we took a couple weeks off at first because it was just like, everybody's like, what's going on? Yeah, you everybody know? took a couple weeks off. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, it kind of worked out in that time. I was able to kind of like finalize a setup that I had been after for a while at, at my house. Um, in the basement, I, I have like all my music gear set up. And we had been practicing there just with amps in the room, you know, ever since I'd moved into this house that I live at with juice. And, uh, I finally, like right when COVID kind of hit, I had set it up that we could wear headphones Mm. and, uh, kind of have the amps in a different room, more like a studio setup instead of like a rehearsal setup. It was like things were isolated and we could actually hear everything. Like we put headphones on it. We got together maybe like, uh, halfway through April or something, you know, like testing the waters. We're pretty like hesitant at first, wanted to be like safe about everything. Um, but we felt like once we got to a point where like, okay, I feel like we could probably rehearse right now. It wouldn't be like too big of a deal. And, uh, we put on headphones and like Ben said like right away, he's like, wow, that this is like the first time I can hear what Juice is doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've been playing together for like a year and a half and I'm pretty sure like Ben had never heard Juice, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Way. Like, yeah, you know, that's like a whole member of the band or whatever. Yeah. But he's just, you know, going off like bass, guitar or whatever, like trying to keep rhythm. Mm-hmm. So we put on headphones all of a sudden it's like we could hear everything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like muddled sound in a small room. It was like good headphone mix i could hear keyboard i could hear guitar Mm -hmm. i could hear bass and drums so we got together we have this setup now it's addictive yeah man it is i mean it just felt so good to like finally be able to because i I, that's really important i think is the ability to hear what everyone else is playing Mm -hmm. um because if you can't and not just like drums if you're playing bass to like hold the rhythm or whatever like when we play, I'm trying to listen to everything that's happening because I'm trying to let it influence what I do. Mm-hmm. And like playing with headphones, like I, I don't know, I don't want to keep going over, like harping on that, but it was huge for us because it opened up a lot of doors for like um, developing tightness mm-hmm. and just like a real ear for like what each person was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're getting all the flavors now. 
Ooh. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I got a similar story with the headphones thing because, I mean, I've been jamming a little bit. Never been in a band, sadly. Someday I'll find my people, you know, but uh, <laughs> still searching. But, you know, I played a bit of music with friends and, you know, just a couple months ago, or it was probably only a few weeks ago, honestly, at this, but Brett had all these mics and he got all all these mics set up. We were just doing a jam. I think it was me, Nolan, Jack Metaseski. Um, and was that it? And were you there jamming as well? I think so. I can't remember. I feel yeah. like there's one other person there, but we got everyone mic'd up and I just remember like, it, like I got on the drum set and with like the stereo overhead microphones, yeah. like I couldn't believe it, dude. Like right. it, it was more stereo than without the headphones, just in real life yeah. because it's <laughs> yeah. isolated to your ears and the mics are further away than your ears are. And it just like blew me away. Like I just felt like I was on stage playing <laughs> these drums. Like yeah, I felt dude. so sick doing it. Yeah. Totally. I mean that, that was, that's exactly the experience that we had, you know? And so we kind of spent the whole of last year um, getting together whenever we could, putting on headphones and, like, working on new songs, working mm -hmm. on just getting tight, working on listening to each other, like, all that stuff. And, like, I'm honestly, in a weird way, like, glad that we had to take a step back and, like, sh you know, like, we couldn't play shows or, like whatever because it forced us to just sit down and like really develop as a band blessing in disguise yeah mm -hmm. right that's like I, we're trying to look at it that way and like for sure we've gotten tighter than we have ever been like just from being able to do that over the last year you know and like the songwriting has just been going crazy like we we had like two albums that i had kind of done up until last year and then within just the time frame of March to March, we've, we have like 30 new songs mm -hmm. that are all like pretty much done. Dang. And like, you know, we want to take a couple and like make an album soon or whatever, but it was just such a weirdly like great time of growth and mm -hmm. development. You know, I feel like through last year, we were able to finally like get to that point that I had dreamed of since the beginning of being in a band and mm -hmm. playing with other people that are, you know, all coming up with their own ideas. Hone in. Hone in. And, like, everyone's creating. It's not me just telling people what to play and play the song that I wrote. It's, like, now we're building. You really felt like a band. Yeah. I love and like, that. Solidifying just, the identity in a way. Because yeah. like you need everyone's input to get that, like, unique picture. Right. You figure out, or at least for what we're doing and like how I'd kind of like look at it is like I'm, I finally like was able to discern what everyone's personality was on their respective instrument you know like Ben like we said is like pretty confident authoritative but also like pretty brainy with his stuff and like mm -hmm. coming up with very I don't know just like some of the stuff he thinks of I'm like I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. I don't like. Where's that coming from, dude? Like, that's <laughs> sick. You know, like we'll see it on the drum cam. Yes, yeah, indeed. Super I'm stoked about for that. The drum yes, cam. yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, um, yeah. I li listen to Matthew, and like, that's the brains, man. Like, that guy can play. I mean, he can play bass, but like the way he's so sick. Yeah, the and video he, I got of him just like going up and down the fretboard, like 
Like some like I was watching it when I was recording just now and I was like in my head, I don't know bass that well, so I got ignorance here, but I was watching him do it and I was like, there's no way that's necessary. Like I, <laughs> I feel like there's like better ways to like navigate. Yeah, he's, he's just flexing just like, a little bit, dude. I know, but it looks so sick, dude. <laughs> like especially on the first one, Mr. That that bass part is so cool. Right. And like what's cool about that too is that, you know, I originally recorded that bass line and like I was the one that wrote it and put it on the album, but he's taken it and just like turned it into something way more badass yeah. and just way more personality in my in my eyes or ears at least. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then like like I was kind of saying with Juice, he's just like uh, I don't understand him. He's like the one I don't really get because <laughs> he'll like just pick up some instrument and like know how to play it, mm-hmm. but not know like. He's just figuring out where the notes are on a sax, like the saxophone, but he's been playing it for like two years. Like I've recorded him for songs mm. because like just more intuitive bass. Yeah, play I'll like play ear. him a track and he'll just like find the right notes that fit with that, and then like that's it. Like he'll come up with some idea in a split second, and it can be. I haven't really seen an instrument yet where he hasn't been able to do that. Mm. You know, if he can at least like play it, he'll probably be able to like play it. You know, if understands how it functions. Well, not even that. Like he, like I said, he's just figuring out the sax, kind of. Yeah. But he, like, he understood how to channel himself through it somehow. Yeah. And he, I think that's like, that's his like talent is he can just, he he's just super good at like being himself at anywhere mm-hmm. on anything, mm-hmm. and who he is is just uh, immensely creative. Yeah. Did he study music at all? Like, does he have a good understanding of music theory, or is that kind of intuitive too? Uh, I don't think he. I mean, he might have taken some classes in college on like history or some like music history or like. But he did. He's never like gone to school for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is the first time I ever met Juice was like way back. I was like thirteen, fourteen, maybe, and we both went to the same piano academy. Um, or not academy, it was just like a school. You know, we take like a half hour lesson every week and just mm-hmm. learn some like basic stuff. But I just remember like um, being at one of these showcases that they would have every year for all the kids that took piano lessons. And like it was me and then like 20, like five or six year olds that were like playing like ding, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. So I just felt like the top dog in like a <laughs> sick way, you know? Like, yeah, like I'm better than these five year olds. <laughs> like, <laughs> rip some nasty tunes. I'm 13. Yeah. And then, you know, I play my stuff and uh, all of a sudden this other freaking fool comes up who looks about my age and he like plays something that was 10 times more gnarly than what I played. And I was like, really? <laughs> And it turned out to be Nolan. And I was like, that was that was my first encounter. AKA being, Juice. Yeah. AKA Juice. Yeah, he goes by many names. <laughs> a man of mystery. Many instruments, many names. <laughs> <laughs> a different name for each instrument. Yeah, that'd yeah. be sick. <laughs> that'd uh, be sick. But yeah, my first just like meeting, memory, whatever of Nolan was just being impressed by his ability. And that continues to remain. Mm-hmm. I love it. So... Before COVID, I mean, you've been a band since 2018. 18, so you've been doing, you've definitely done a good bit of shows. Yep. Um, do you have any notable stories from a live show? Or, like, do you like doing live shows, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I I am uh, 
like personally more introverted at nature, you know, like I like being around people and I like interact, you know, like being with friends, like, you know, that, like, that's my top mode of living is when I'm surrounded by people I care about, but like my natural state is to be more isolated and just kind of keep to myself. So like when we first started doing shows, like I was just extremely nervous, you know, because I wanted to look cool, but didn't know how to do it. I wanted to sound good, but wasn't like quite good enough, all that. And, uh, just like through the experiences that we've got to like already enjoy as just a small local indie psych rock band out here has like helped me as like a performer, but also just like opened my eyes to like how amazing it can be to like open yourself up past like your normally little closed off self mm-hmm. and like just be as honest and as good as you can be for people that are like there to watch you do your thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, like w- one memory that I w- don't think I'll ever forget um, when it comes to like live shows, especially thus far, was our first and only show at the rec center. May it rest in peace. Mm. Good times. Good Shout times. out Asparagus. Yeah. CJ. Ah! Love it. <laughs> uh, for real though, thanks for that show. It was like, it was in 2019, summer of 2019, and the bill was hot. I mean, it was like asparagus. Was it the cookout? Do you know that like two-day thing they were doing? Yeah. Yeah, we played one of the nights. Like, I think Zippo Man was also playing. Were you like rapping or something? Yeah. You did yeah. like some shit live, right? What? Dude, I forgot about I, that. I, yeah, me and Jack did a freestyle rap set as yes. the openers. I, I remember watching that and just being like, <laughs> we got paid for it too. He gave, he gave us like five bucks. Like right. I was like, hey, I'm retiring off this. Like, <laughs> makes you professional musician. I suppose so. Yeah, dude, I've seen you live, man. Yeah, that was funny. Before. No, yeah, it was all beats that me and Jack made too, which I should have made more known because I feel like that would have helped the freestyles mm. carry a bit. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. If the I... freestyles alone weren't the best. but The beats were pretty sweet though. Like the experience was fun. And I just remember thinking, like, watching you guys especially, because I think you went on, like, kind of first or... It was either, like, first or second in, like, the bill. Mm-hmm. But it just, like, the, the venue and the energy was not one of, like, pretension or <laughs> no. exclusion. Like, it just felt everyone was in on it, you know? And if, like, you were giving your all up on stage, like, people were going to respond mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. And so, like, later that night, we got to play our set, and... um yeah, I just like the energy of that room will stick with me because by the end of the first song, like I was literally just sweating buckets. Mm-hmm. You know, like it oh, was pouring. so hot in there. Yeah, it was just righteous. And you know, you have like 60, 70 people down there, like yeah. just going nuts. So, yeah. you know, and like it just looks like everyone's having a good time. And, you know, this is what I, I don't know if this is like a little pump to the ego or something, whatever, but like. I just remember in that show we played Mistress Death and we played another one of our earlier tunes, A&T. Um, and I remember seeing people in the crowd like singing the words back to me. Mm-hmm. And that had never happened and hasn't really happened since. But in that moment, I was just like, holy crap. Like now, not only am I like performing, but like I'm creating with these people. Like mm-hmm. they're singing, I'm singing, we're playing. They're you know, part the of the experience. Yeah. And it just interacting. Oh my, like it didn't matter how much I was sweating. It didn't matter if like I missed a note here or there or like, you know, something happened. 
like we got off in a little spot or whatever because like everyone was just there to watch art happen to watch music happen and like like i said like if we we didn't like suck or anything like if we did it probably would have been different but it was just like really satisfying and and fun to like play to a crowd like that yeah i guess a cool way to put it like i think that's what makes like making music so satisfying is you're trying to express some feeling or experience through your music and when you can show that to people and see that it it gives them that same feeling or that right. same experience yes it's just that's what makes it so satisfying cuz there's you know we communicate with words and images but right. you, we can't share emotions with each other i can't feel sad and then make you feel that same emotion mm-hmm. i think that's what makes music so unique as an art form is right. you can do that it, you can very, yeah, say, like, like directly <laughs> insert emotion into people you know what i mean right yeah and yeah just to like see people like responding to the music in such a like positive way like because music for me is like a, a life force you know and i think all i ever want to do all i hope we ever do as a band is bring like inspiration a good listening experience and just like an uplifting experience. Mm-hmm. One that you can walk away from just like feeling like you're, you know, just for that little bit of time that you got to enjoy the music or you're listening to an album or like singing at that show. Like those people were like, we were, it's like we're all sharing those emotions and like, mm-hmm. it's just a very special thing that um, doesn't happen all the time. But when it does, it's just, mm-hmm. Spiritual. Yeah. It's got to be, right? I think it is. Yeah. It's a shared experience. Yeah, I think I think music is very, very spiritual. I mean, it's been used for spiritual practices, but I just think the way that people interact with it is beyond, mm-hmm. um, you know, like most things. I don't know. It just seems like such an insane force to me mm-hmm. that you can watch someone else watch someone like like what is a guitar really it's like wood with strings on it right but somehow i you can make me cry with that <laughs> mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense pluck them in a certain order yeah people just start sobbing like, right what is that's like magic yeah you know? and it's like oh, there's just so many layers to music it just continues to like mm-hmm. and like uh i don't know it just never seems seems like you'll reach the bottom with it Mm-hmm. There is no bottom, you know, like you just keep going and going. Yeah, apparently there's what billions of songs out there. And For sure. Millions more every day. Right. Yeah. But it's all dope stuff. Right. Like it keeps being listened to. Some people like certain stuff, some people like others. Yeah. It's just interesting how like different people will interact with music. And I think that's what's so special about music and art in general is just like how you're able to channel yourself through it. Mm-hmm. And. I think, like, the best kind of music, like, the mu- kind of music I want to make is, like, something that people can listen to and go, like, oh, that's White Line Darko, mm-hmm. you know? And not, in like, oh, that's White Line Darko, but, like... Distinctive. Yeah, yeah. To have, like, a sound that pays homage to, like, influences, but also holds its own little space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of layers. No, I feel like that makes sense, because... You really can't go without any influences or inspirations, but you want to be your own individual artist. Right. Because so that's what sense. they were. 
So if you're really influenced by them, you got to do what they did and make like, you know, be yourself. Yeah. Well, who are some of these people that have influenced you throughout the times? Um, uh, Personally, like I would say my biggest influence is, um, I mean, it's shifting. Like influences for me shift quite a bit, you know, because I try and listen to as much music as I can. And so like right now, like I'm super deep into Sly and the Family Stone uh, funkadelic, like that early '70s, like psych funk stuff. Like I, I honestly can't stop listening to it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe be on the lookout for some funky white line darko in the future. But um, I feel like I'm, I haven't heard a lot of psych funk. Yeah, dude, it's a special thing. Yeah, it's gotta be. Um, but like. <sighs> Biggest inspiration, influence, hands down for me, I think, is the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I mean, such a typical answer, but those are the goats, you know, oh, yeah. and like... They were undeniable. Undeniable, and the way they did music just, like, resonates with me, like, more than anyone else. Um, the only other person I would put up there with them is, like, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Um, not the whole Beach Boys, because some of them suck, but... <laughs> Brian, like Brian Wilson for me is a huge influence Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys mm-hmm. is like my favorite album of all time really mm-hmm. interesting I just I haven't heard any I haven't heard like pop done better it's yeah. not really like a rock album obviously but like in terms of songwriting and composition and sound like unbeatable mm-hmm. yeah but yeah I guess like a lot of influences for like what we're doing as a band right now like definitely stem from like 60s psych rock um 70s like I, I don't know like we're trying not to be like retro you know fetish fetishizers fetishes retro fetish you know whatever fetish something like that fetish, fetish for the retro fetishizers yeah, yeah. fetish yeah i was trying to make a word there I wasn't <laughs> yeah. but uh we definitely draw a lot of influence from like those bands um, just because of the way, like the Doors, the Beatles, the Beach Boys, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, like every t-shirt band you could think of, you know, but Nirvana. they're all, what's that? Nirvana. Not as much, but Ooh. that is like the ultimate t-shirt band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which by the way, I think if Kurt Cobain knew like what happened with his brand, like if he hadn't died, I don't think he'd be a happy camper, but. That's a different story. But, uh, and then, like, some modern stuff, you know, like, um, Tame Impala, Frank Ocean, like, a lot of artists that have put out music over the last decade, I've found um, the same kind of, like, interest and solace with as I have with, like, some of that older music. Mm -hmm. I grew up on, like, grunge music, though, weirdly enough. Mm. Like I've heard Pearl Jam more than any other band ever, just Love because. Pearl Jam. Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> my my dad would always just be playing that, so that's like ingrained in me to some extent. But I I don't really like listen to them for influence at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day. Yeah. So what's the <laughs> songwriting process for your group? Does someone show up with a riff and you just kind of jam on it, or? How's the song come to life? Right now, 
uh, I still do a majority of the songwriting. So I'll usually show up to the band with like, I try and get the song completed, at least like uh, with chords, melody, lyrics, just everything that I would be doing already. Solid structure. Yeah. And then I like show it to them and they, I mean, with every song, like those 30-ish songs that I mentioned, like the, the process has pretty much been like bring the riff and then everyone just fills in their parts. There's very little like, um, like I don't have to tell Matthew what notes. Like I'll give him the chords, but then he'll figure out his part. Like Ben will figure out his part. Mm-hmm. Juice will figure out his part. Um, recently, though, like um, I've been writing a little bit more with Juice, just because we live together. It's kind of easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, one of the songs from our set tonight uh, is one of the handful of songs that Juice and I have like written together. Penthouse, right? Penthouse. Uh, unreleased track. Ooh. A little nugget for those viewing. Flavor World Live exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yeah. Edit um, that in. <laughs> but yeah, because Juice has a lot of like really good riffs, and that was one of them. And he's had the riff for that song. He wrote it on piano. He's had that for a long time. And sometime last year, I just like heard him playing it and... Uh, I like writing songs by myself because it's easy just to like plow through chords, write lyrics, but there's something just in the same way that jamming is a cohesive experience with other people. Like when you find someone that you can write a song with, I think that's super special because it's one thing to like hear someone else's song and figure out your part, but it's another thing to like try and create that thing Mm -hmm. to begin with. Um, But I don't know. It's just kind of like butter on toast with me and juice, you know, and like, he had the riff. I sat down. To me, it sounded like kind of a Steely Dan. Uh, I don't know. Just like his riff put me in like the middle of a New York street or something. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of like built lyrics off that. So it's usually like pretty quick, you know, like Penthouse. We wrote that pretty much in one sitting. That quick. Yeah. It, I mean, and that's usually how it goes. Cause like, at least for me, like, if I come back to a song, like very rarely will I be able to finish it. So if I start writing something, you know, if I feel like inspiration, like I want to get it done, like then mm-hmm. I want to have like the song written by the time I put the instrument down. There's been like a handful of times where I have like a riff and then I'm able to come back and like, oh, this would work with that and like whatever. But usually it just happens in like a sitting, um, which is kind of annoying sometimes because like, inspiration will hit when it hits mm-hmm. you know and like sometimes it's like i gotta be somewhere or do something but it's like if i don't just sit down and try and figure this thing out that's happening then it's just gonna be in the back of my mind the rest of the day it's gonna throw everything off so it's just as soon as it hits it's like we got to do this let's move like mm. here we go mm-hmm. and with like phones now it's so easy to remember stuff you know mm-hmm. so you can get it all out throw it all up and then listen back later or whatever mm-hmm so what's your recording process like? That's your songwriting. And we talked about the headphones. Yeah. So I know you got some yeah. equipment. Right. Yeah. Um, we we have like a full setup at my house with headphones and whatnot. The first two albums were pretty much done out of a closet. Um, the first one was for sure. The second one I tried to expand a little bit more. And uh, Adventure I did. Adventure into the bedroom. Yeah. Expand yeah. out a bit. 
the bedroom and I was able to um, start going to a, a studio in Northeast. Shout out the library. Matt Patrick. Oh, nice. Dope studio. Dope studio. They just got a yeah. bunch of books, right? Yes, sir. That's like the diffusing technology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just books. Drew's got the acoustic yes. knowledge, bro. Yeah. No, honestly, I mean, like, that's what gives that studio its sound. So I, I, I like branched out a so little bit there, but um, we're, we're kind of at the point now as a band where we, we don't want to do any more like basement recordings or closet recording, whatever it is. We want to record somewhere with like a nice analog setup. Mm-hmm. So is it hard to go back after that first? Yeah. So we actually, we did, I did a little bit of my second album there, but we, uh, we put a single out in January of this year called don't give up third song on the set tonight. Mm-hmm. And that was the first White Line Darko song to be recorded at like an actual studio. Um, and I think that's just kind of what we want to do now. So we use the, the, all the equipment I have in my house for practice mostly at this point. But we'll start going to that library studio when we can too. Mm. We did that to record the single. And, and like I said, we're going to start trying to work on an album, I think. And that's what we'll do. But personally, I still use the basement almost all the time mm-hmm. um, because I I still like to make music on my own um, just because once I did that first White Line Dark album, I got a taste of what it's like to be able to craft it all yourself. Mm-hmm. It was hard to put down. So I like, I found the band and like we're doing everything as a band now, but I still will record music uh, in my basement. I put it out under the name The Chaplain's Aid Nice. Which I think is up to like three monthly listeners on Spotify. I honestly searched it and didn't find it, so Ooh. I'm gonna have to check on that, man. Spotify's I'll doing be four, the spelling's maybe. a little funky, I'll so be well I remember you played me one of your songs when I was at your house that one time and mm-hmm. it's good stuff, man. They so I was trying to listen. Yeah, that's I mean so that's all like instrumental stuff, but I I still like recording like out of the out of the basement for like that material mm-hmm. because it just gives it kind of a lo-fi sheen that I yeah and it's free pretty much at this point I could do it at any point do it at 2am right well not like drums or whatever the roommates will get a little (laughs) a little pissed but it's nice for like how you were saying like if you get a moment of inspiration you just need to get that idea walk downstairs and hook up the laptop and that's that you know like instead of like quick I need to book studio time right now like (laughs) and I, I, I try and leave everything set up so I don't have to Cause like for me, if I have to set stuff up, that's like half the inspiration gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just like oh, yeah. it. Like, head, you know, mics are already set up, instruments are there. I just put headphones on and boom, that's it. For sure. Well, that was a lot of the inspiration for me and of the studio that we're sitting yeah. in now. Because right. like I used to do, you know, all these different things: screen printing, painting, sewing, whatever, in a house. The last place I shared with six other people there are seven of us oh my gosh so there's just not that much space you know and yeah. i actually shared a bedroom with someone else so it's just like anytime oh, yeah. i did one of these things i would have to clean up just out of like respect right um had to like keep to myself a bit and and yeah it drove me crazy like oh i got this idea but in order to do it i gotta go like set all that stuff up to make it happen like Even it's just thinking that extra it. like friction you know right but if all the recording stuff is set up in the basement and all you got to do is walk down two flights of stairs, that's not that much friction. Right. You just let that idea out. Yeah, it's it's smooth. Mm-hmm. And 
I, you know, maybe some people like don't mind it, but I definitely am the same as you where like, I, I just like being able to leave it set up and mm-hmm. being able to just like tap in whenever. Leave your mess out. Exactly. Live in your mess. Mm-hmm. Mess, nest, you can call it many things. Yeah, what's the difference? I love it, man. <laughs> well, what are your thoughts on today? How you like today doing the live set here? Uh, I feel so good right now, honestly. Riding high. I Yeah, I am riding high right now. Um, I mean, we, we haven't played in front of anyone but ourselves for over a year and a half at this point. You know, I think our last live show was at the end of January um, last year. So, like, to be able to be in front of people today and, um, like, be here, like, do it, you know, have our first show back, kind of, like, be be here, I'm very happy with that, you know, because I don't know if I... W- I'm quite ready or would want to like just hit like the bars right now or something, but like this space that we're in feels special mm-hmm. and I'm just happy with like what we got because I feel like what we got is, um, it's going to be sick. Like when it's all comped or whatever, like I feel really good about it. It's going to be super sick. Yeah. The energy was there for every song. Totally. Yeah. You saw me moving around a little yeah, bit. dude. <laughs> Brett with the moves. Yeah. Drew resisting the temptation to move, <laughs> getting Camera those steady props. shots. Right. It up. Oh, it's frustrating, man. That was, I, I just got to say, like, and I've said it, but, like, I'm I'm so impressed at what you guys are doing right now, you know? And, like, I know you guys are still, like, making moves and, like, continuing to get better and better, but even where things are at today with the camera work and how you set up all the mics and stuff, it was just so cool. Mm-hmm. Um because it's professional, but it's also, like... Um, Amateur as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, a crazy mix of that, but... Oh, yeah. I didn't feel like... Uh, like, I got a little nervous when the cameras turned on. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to do that first song. And I had that bright light on mine, too, you know? Yeah. It's just, like, I'm pointing right at you, you know? <laughs> I, honestly, like, I was just... I didn't even notice that too much. I was just so in my brain because like I said, we hadn't played for anyone but ourselves. Mm-hmm. And even just seeing like this, you know, like six people that were in here, I was like, I don't want these guys to think we suck or something, even though I feel good about it, like, mm-hmm. or about where we were at, you know, it's just like those classic nerves kind of set in. Oh yeah. But then like you, I saw Brett just getting jiggy in the back or like, like your face, the energy you had, Colin, mm-hmm. thank yeah. you for being here. Good sir. Kara, like mm-hmm. just, the the energy throughout the whole set and in here in general is um i don't know i didn't feel like any inhibitions or whatever i just felt like we could all be ourselves i felt like i could be up there and like you know stomp on the ground or mm-hmm. whatever yeah i had know. someone tell me once that they said it feels like a safe space I was yeah. like, it is safe. <laughs> you can do whatever here, if, and it we feels, still love you. <laughs> right. It feels safe, but it also feels like um, like anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Not in like a You'll never scary way. Anything could happen. But like... What curveball does Drew bring in today? Yeah, exactly. Not, uh, again, not in like a scary way. Mm-hmm. I just want that to be clear, but... In a free in, way. In a freeing way. Like yeah. I said, no inhibitions. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that's the ideal setting for me to like do music in or share music with is you know when you're with people that you care about with pe- with people that you're happy to be with and you you're all like working on something you know mm-hmm. like we were playing music but you guys were making just as much art doing just mm-hmm. as much work working the cameras mm. recording it and you know so that it just you know it feels like we're all in a big band for a little bit yeah and we're all like playing our parts or whatever and it's it's a lot of fun yeah well i definitely noticed that too um, especially doing the video stuff and especially doing like a rapper like when we did forgive me wavy mm-hmm. it really felt it was just like me and him and like he's looking at the camera but it, you know it feels like he's looking at me you know right. and like and like he would do a set and like he had to do one of his songs like another take on it and you know it's just like nice like get him give him a hug like you got this man like we you know we're gonna kill it this time like <laughs> it really does feel like a group thing like everyone's contributing to it and mm-hmm. yeah. everyone wants to see everyone succeed and what what's happening you know I mean? yeah exactly it, there's no uh like egos or mm-hmm. you know it felt very collaborative mm-hmm. which is like the most beautiful state you could have art exist in like our mm-hmm. initial little mic debacle we were trying to figure out how we we're gonna right distribute these microphones right we were able to just have that conversation and figure it out and mm-hmm. or well, even just on being smart <laughs> <laughs> you guys just know that stuff you couldn't have that conversation with me bro <laughs> what you mean what i mean you guys are like the two-headed hydra man i mean it's just <laughs> i like that yeah <laughs> it, it's it's cool because it's like you're very proficient at what you do drew with like working camera with working the the setup of the stage like all the visual aesthetic and mm-hmm. kind of like productive elements mm-hmm. but then you're also in on the production and mm-hmm. taking care of a whole other side of like match made in heaven i don't know that's what i'm saying that's what we're both picking up on mm-hmm. and that's why the machine is getting well oiled <laughs> you know yeah it's pretty slippery in here yeah <laughs> well yeah and i mean that's I think there's a lot of this to find in especially music, but all creative art forms. It's just like the power of collaborating with other people who like have their role on lock. So you don't even have to worry about it. And right. like, it's kind of crazy, but the place I actually really first started admiring this was listening to, uh, Skyfall by Travis Scott and Metro Boomin. Hey. And it's just a hit. You right. Know? And right. like the way I was thinking about it was just like, Metro Boomin is a like when it comes to beat production is a hit making genius, mm-hmm. and Travis Scott when it comes to lyrics and vocal performance is a hit making genius. And just like of course it's gonna be a good song. Like mm-hmm. you just get these two people that know what they're doing, they know how to do it, they know how to work with each other, and it just creates something super cool. And like after that, I was just like, dang, like I really want to work with people who know what the hell they're doing like, <laughs> that's huge yeah yeah it's a really Definitely like helps. satisfying right. thing in life have you seen the video of metro and travis i, I don't remember what song they're chopping oh. up but like they're in the stew oh like, i think yeah. it was skyfall i think it was is it skyfall, skyfall? Yeah. yeah yeah no i remember i watched the video um before i had ever heard the song mm. okay oh so you and heard it i was to upset life. because what they show in the video almost went what they harder. released was cut different exactly they cut out like a couple parts right and, like those were my yeah i was <laughs> yeah. upset that's funny <laughs> come on release that unreleased yeah. yeah metro if you're listening <laughs> yeah. ab man 
Cool. Well, but, I got no other questions. You got anything else you want to talk about? Um, Anyone to shout out? Shouts out to my mom and dad. Of course. And my two cats back home. Of mm. course. They're going to appreciate that. Tubby and Bubby. Tubby and Bubby. Bubby. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, you got anything in the works for White Line Darko? Like, specifically, mm. you mentioned you got enough songs to make, like, two albums. But is anything, like, planned? Any release dates? Any shows you want to shout out? Uh, so we're going to start working on the album this summer. We haven't gotten into the studio yet, but the songs are pretty much lined up and we have them like ready to go. We just got to find like, you know, time to sign in and get that stuff recorded. Um, but we do have a music video for don't give up, um, which was our last release again, put that out in January. We got a music video for that finally on the way. Directed by the man Sawyer Bryce. Sawyer. Um, who is also, I mean, he's done all our music videos. Um, yeah. The dude's a goat. That's how I first found you guys. I think I mentioned that. that he uh, he opened up a lot of doors for mm-hmm. us. I'm very thankful for him, for sure. But yeah, so we did a music video with him kind of directing it in April. And I'm thinking we're going to be releasing that sometime in June. It sounds like he's getting close to finishing up edits and stuff so i have that we'll have you know the show that we did tonight here a couple of songs Mm -hmm. whenever that comes out but yeah i think like recorded music we got well actually i mean we're gonna do the album at some point but we've also been tossing around the idea of doing like another single or something so i think we'll be releasing new music either way sometime within the next couple months could not be more excited (laughs) Lovely. Any closing words, Brett? Man, every time we do one of these, I feel the growth. Yeah. I feel a a, a greater sense of just affirmation in what I'm doing. I know a lot of people are uh, in some hard times right now, and I just feel really blessed to have found this whole thing in the last couple months. It's been yeah. unreal, and White Line Darko has been a another step in that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's crazy to just, like, hear about your guys' progression or whatever, like just all that you've done and like all that's happening. It's it's wild. I'm excited to see what happens next, you know. It's very exciting. Big things. Big Mill things. City. Mill, Mill City. City. <laughs> I've been saying that since yeah, we talked with I like it. You have to start throwing that M sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minneapolis baby. I love it. Well thank you everybody for listening. This is thank you. Drew, Brett, Kenny, Kenny from White Line Darko. That's right, White Line Darko is Kenneth, Matt, Juice, Ben, Juice. Sounds like you Matt. guys are getting like called to the office. Or something. Kenneth, That's right. <laughs> Matt, Bueller, Hugh, Juice, Bueller, and Ben. Please report to the principal's office for a good spanking for a dope live set. I wouldn't complain. We saw Flavor World Records video. We need to show. Love it. Well, right. anyone who's listening, <laughs> if you haven't seen the video. Go check it out. It'll complete the story for you. You're a fool if you don't. That's right. Yes. Don't be a fool. Yes. Don't, be, don't a fool. be a fool. It's that easy. Don't be a sucker. It's that easy. <laughs> I think we've been going for like over an hour, honestly. Yeah, we cool. Well, thank you, Kenny, for everything coming through. Thank you. Blessing us with your music. Yep. Amen. It's like an honor. And and that's just what's so beautiful about this is like, like Brett and I are just loving this, you know, because it's like a win-win for everybody, you right. know, because we can give people a stage, give them a good recording, a good video, an opportunity to perform again. 
in a cool spot. And it's just so fun for us, like be we working get the front with, row seat, right? yeah, front row <laughs> seat for like a private show, yeah. like like just the amount of music we've heard already. It's such a dope venue. Like mm-hmm. this is just the perfect place for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, anyways, just want to really thank you and all of White Line Darko because yeah. it's really like your art that is making it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, in a way, like we wouldn't be here today if you guys didn't bring the music. So, all right, you don't want to see me and Drew on the stage. <laughs> you know, you're at the wrong show. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Well, I, I appreciate it, and um, I appreciate you guys and what you're doing, and I hope it just continues to like grow and flourish i'm just thankful that uh we had the opportunity to like be a part of this so thank you guys hell yeah (laughs) thanks y'all this is what the inside of my water bottle sounds like oh (laughs) yeah perfect fit help get me out of here get me out of here all right well on that that, we will end it deuces peace out everybody (laughs)